By attending this meeting, I consent to being recorded. All right, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to see, like, we're going to let everyone know they're being recorded, but Dylan Beas to the punch on that one. It's been a hot minute since we've all been recording a, a Skype call, so I guess it's nice to know that they've reminded us once more that we sh- it's common courtesy. Let someone know they're being recorded, right? I mean, I guess, but also if you're getting together to record a show, it would be weird if it wasn't recorded. Yeah, the expectations there. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Corey. And with me is John and Dylan, uh, and this is the Smart Avengers. And it's been a hot minute since we have made one of these. Yep, I would say a hot <laughs> yeah. year. It's been it's been about a year. <laughs> when was the last one? Oh, gee, April, I think. I think April. It's not too bad. No, no, it's been worse. We've done worse. <laughs> With the worst episodes. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> no, so, all of our episodes have been five star classics. So this is what relaunch number three. I think so. Well, I mean, you know, it's in the spirit of comic books that you do relaunches every now and then, right? Yeah, this is a, the this new is, number one. This is a reboot. Yeah, this is a reboot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not really, because we're still keeping the continuity from the old episodes. Yeah, so it's like the Suicide Squad movie that uh, James Gunn did. It's exactly like the Suicide Squad film. It's both in it's both in canon and not in canon. Okay. So it's a sequel, but it's not a sequel. I mean, it's not a sequel, really. It's this. This is just a continuation of the show. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like episode one. This is like episode. No, this is volume three, episode one. Oh. But really, it's like episode seventeen or whatever the fuck we're on. Whatever number it is, yes. Was it? Did we even make it to seventeen? I don't think we did. I think we got like no. six. <laughs> editing, editing takes time, and <laughs> okay, six is pretty good. Yeah. Well, to uh, kind of give everybody a reminder, uh, this is a comic book and comic book related things show. So, anyway, for our first episode of twenty twenty four. We decided that we were going to get together and talk about not necessarily the death, but the rapid decline of the superhero genre. Yeah, the obvious decline of mm. the used to be super hot superhero industry. So what we're talking about is we're going to really uh, parse this down to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the movies that came after the fact. Like we're not going to get into... Um, the 90s Batman movies or like Ghost Rider or the Blade Trinity or anything like that. We're going to focus solely on movies that occurred after the MCU officially launched. And uh, kind of just talk about uh, the history of it, talk about our own experiences with it and when or if we ever fell off, uh, as well as kind of go over some some numbers and uh, talk about some potential root causes as to why they aren't doing as hot as they used to. So, uh, you know, I guess if we're going to start anywhere, we start at the beginning, which the very first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie was Iron Man uh, with Robert Downey Jr. That uh, in addition to kind of restarting his career, kind of gave birth to the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, specifically the end cre- the very first end credit scene that people parody the fuck out of now which is the uh, Samuel L. Jackson telling somebody about the Avengers initiative, which um, 
I've been really thinking about lately. They did they call themselves the Avengers before or after Phil Coulson was killed by Loki or I can't remember that detail. I'm pretty sure it was before. Yeah, I think it, it was always called the Avengers Initiative. OK, do we know why it was called the Avengers Initiative? <laughs> Who knows? That would, yeah, because it would imply that something was done that we must avenge. Yeah, right? yeah. But then I, know I that... guess you could say the same for the comics, though, as well. Like, what was the thing that they were avenging in the first place when, like, they all came together to stop uh, Loki from whatever mischief he was up to? That's a good point. Yeah. That is a great point, actually. That, well, I mean, speaking of the Avengers, uh, a series of movies came after that. Uh, the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk is kind of forgettable because Edward Norton, that was his one and done. Uh, Iron Man 2. Thor and uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. And that led to the very first Avengers movie that saw these uh, really kind of blew up the genre from that point on. Iron Man came out. I was in college mm -hmm. and that was what, 15 or so years ago. Yep. 2008, 2008. So did you guys were you immediately on the you know, there's this Iron Man movie coming out. I'm going to check it out. Did you know who Iron Man was? Like, what is what is your entry point into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, I think we we knew who Iron Man was because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to assume that John also watched the Iron Man cartoon that was around in the 90s. Oh, yes. So we're both. That started with funny. Tony Stark with a sweet mullet hammering some stuff. Yeah. I we mean, all remember that theme song. It's the theme class. song was amazing, yeah. Class. <laughs> so, you know, Iron Man, I don't know what it was about that Iron Man film. Because Iron Man was never like, you know, my favorite was always Spider-Man or the X-Men. I'm like, Iron Man's pretty cool. I'll go see him. I liked the idea of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man because I feel like there was a lot of, like, similarities between the two. Yeah. You know, two very successful people that kind of like got derailed by alcoholism. And um, both of them have a mechanical suit that allows them to fly. So, yep. We all know the like, Robert Downey Jr. It's very, I mean, he got a lot of trouble with that suit. But I remember when he busted out in the back to school Rodney Dangerfield movie. <laughs> I had a really a lot of editing to take that out. Remember the bit in the Charlie Chaplin film we did where he was just one 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 time he's just Iron Man like that's I don't think it was a Chaplin silent Iron this. Man yeah it was really weird we're really impressive for the time you know the special effects are amazing unbelievable um, how do you do that it's all steampunk though you know a lot of steam valves yeah that's this is what the people have been missing. <laughs> don't <be so> <laughs> So they had to like, you know, they had to start somewhere. And at the time, the Avengers, and if this is if you listen to this and you came in through comics or maybe you just were interested in kind of seeing three strangers talk about this sort of thing. Um, at the time, the Avengers were kind of on life support comic book wise. I think like when did um, when did Michael, Brian Michael Bendis's Avengers, New Avengers, Secret Avengers, whatever. When did that start? I thought that was around 2005, 2006. Yeah. So, like, it was getting some momentum, 
in the comic book world, but the Avengers were kind of a non-entity in pop culture. Uh, I know Fox had an Avengers United We Stand cartoon series, but like to kind of give you some insight into that one, it kind of came about to replace the X-Men cartoon because uh, it shared a lot of the same voice actors. But um, the main character on that one was Ant-Man slash Giant-Man and the Wasp. And uh, like they couldn't use Captain America or Thor or Iron Man, even though they were in the opening credits. They couldn't use any of the good Avengers. Yeah. No, no. So the cast, it was like it was uh, Ant-Man slash Giant-Man because he he did both. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wasp, Hawkeye, Tigra, Scarlet Witch, The Vision and uh, Wonder Man was in a few episodes before they did the Ultron storyline. Hot damn. Yeah, yeah. So he was uh, it was an interesting little eclectic run there. Uh, but yeah, no, it was not full of the heavy hitters that we uh, that we're all familiar with when we think mm-hmm. of the Avengers. They didn't even have like Quicksilver. Yeah. So the uh, Iron Man kind of kicked it off. Then we had Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, which uh, I kind of think is largely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Kenneth yeah, Branagh. Some people people really don't like Iron Man 2. I don't know what it was because. Um, Oh, geez, I'm forgetting the actor's name now. John, you'll know it. Uh, played Justin Hammer. He was... Oh. Uh, Z- Sam Rockwell. Yes. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell was, he was one of amazing. the villains. Yeah. He, it was him and... Um, was it Mickey... Mickey, Mickey Rourke? Mickey, yep. Mickey Rourke. I was going to say Mickey Rooney, and that's a whale. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing his character from Breakfast at Tiffany's. We all got imagine? insulted on that one. <laughs> Some deep cuts for people who watch older movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we had we had Thor with uh, Kenneth Branagh directing, which I admire the man's restraint not to cast himself as Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, Cap- that's for you Shakespeare people out there. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger was after that. And then we had the Avengers movie. And like I said, that's when it kind of blew up in a big way. But we were kind of talking about how we got into it. We, we I know you guys started with the Iron Man movie. Did you like see the others? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think that was it, right? That, like the way they wanted it to work kind of worked out perfectly. Was that Iron Man was the first step in the rest of the story, and you watch Iron Man and go, "That was a surprisingly good film." I wonder what else they're gonna do. And then, oh, if you liked Iron Man, you're gonna like Thor and Captain America. Though I think Captain America, I don't think I seen. I think really? that was the first one. No, 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 I did see the first one. It was the second one I didn't see. Oh, you didn't see Winter Soldier. No, that's the one I didn't see. No. Oh, really? That's, that's I actually I, the one I liked. I don't know why. There's like a hand. There's a couple that I haven't seen, and I don't know why. But also, I haven't been compelled enough to go back and see them. So I'm like, <laughs> I get it, Captain America, whatever. He's got a shield. Um, yeah. But the first Iron Man, once they after that, once they teased there was gonna be more Avengers, because the first Iron Man was so good, you're like, okay, I'll give them, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. Let's see where it leads. And to their credit, like a lot of the films that came after that were pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, they kept it kept you wanting to see the uh, actual Avengers story. If we may uh, seek slightly into the smart part of our smart Avengers title, it's kind of like building a wrestling match. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You, you, you pepper it out till you lead up to the main event. And Avengers was like the main event. Because I think all of us were like, this is what it's building to. None of us knew what was going to happen after that. But like, it feels like this is what we're building to. And uh, and it worked, you know? Yeah. Um, the Avengers, 
was the I, I saw that in the theater. I think I saw it twice, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't ever do. I've never yeah. I think it's the only instance in my life that I've watched a movie more than once in the theater. Yeah, I went to see it twice, too. But that's because I went with my friend the first time and she fell asleep. <laughs> so we, like, yeah, we have to go see it again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it must have been that good, huh? From there, we go Iron Man 3, Thor 2, The Dark World, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, and uh, Captain America Civil War, I will say, will be kind of a... I don't know exactly when the Phase 3 cutoff is, but... I'll say that we'll we'll call That's it there the just because of it, phase three. Yeah, Civil War started phase Civil three. Civil War. Yeah. I think. Choosing to end on Ant-Man. Choice. So, again, I'm still in the period where I've seen all of these movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the one that people forget about the most is Thor 2 Dark World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I didn't see that one either. That's a cruel Christopher Eccleston as our main villain. That made me a little sad because I do enjoy Christopher Eccleston. I like him too. I didn't know he was the main. I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the main villain who's. He doesn't get to do much anyway, so you're not missing out. Yeah. It's a shame. It was a lot more drama between uh, Thor and uh, Jane Foster than anything, if memory serves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that's why people pay attention to Thor, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's what well, they care about when they're watching. I mean, them. we'll we'll talk about it in a bit, but I think Taika Waititi found that out as well. Hey, I don't think that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so we start phase three with Captain America: Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy two, Spider Man: Homecoming, Thor: Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers: Infinity War, Ant Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers: Endgame, and Spider Man: Far From Home. I fell off. I guess if we're looking at it chronologically, the way that I saw these listed out, I guess I fell off after Ant-Man. I didn't see wow. Thor and the Wasp. Oh, no, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Thor and the Wasp. Was Thor and the Wasp. Great <laughs> fucking film. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp I didn't see. So that's like three so far I haven't seen. But the rest of them I did go to the cinema and watch. Yeah, same. I, I, I've watched all of them. Pretty much all of them in the cinema as well. So Yeah. And own the DVDs. Well, uh, see the pr- slash Blu-rays. The thing, but whenever I watched the first time, man, I'm like, that was the one. Because, like, up to that point, like, the ones I'd seen, they've been pretty much, like, banger after banger. Again, if I may parlay the resting terms. But <laughs> Ant-Man, I was like, I didn't think that was that good. Well, part of Civil War as well, I think because I was familiar with the comic Civil War, and I'm like, I don't know if that's the way I would have done that, you know? Um, so that's where I was starting to see some cracks, but I was still enjoyable, you know, I still had a good time up to that point. So, I mean, if you want to, we'll, we'll briefly cover the fundamental difference between Captain America Civil War and the Civil War comic book. Um, Captain America Civil War, to my knowledge, didn't start off with a school bus full of kids exploding due to a superhero fight gone wrong. (laughs) Which is the way it should have started. (laughs) Would have been a little too dark for the MCU, I think. It was the UN that got blown up instead, or part of it, wasn't it? And the Wakandan king and some dignitaries or something got killed. Like I said, I fell off after Ant-Man, so I did not see any of these. I watched that film and I've forgotten most of it, honestly. (laughs) I like the idea of the first first comic, Civil War. I think, I don't know how well it it actually came about, but I I really like the idea of it. And I think they did it. Like the bus full of kids exploding. Like it seems really strange when you say it out loud on a podcast. 
Yeah. But also, like, that's a great way to get people to take something seriously, right? That's exactly how you do it. And how do you get these superheroes who, at this point, were pretty blasé about stuff, right? Like, isn't that a running joke where, like, they just destroy half of whatever city they're supposed to save? And you're like, well, that's just collateral damage. I'm like, you know, it's so hard for them to to take this shit seriously. Like, that's a good way to do it. To, to make them stop and look at themselves and go, maybe we do need to be a bit more regulated. Maybe we do need to slow it down. So I think they did that in the comics better than they did it in the film. That's part of what I, I didn't totally dig the film on, is that I think they did a better job of it in the comics, you know? But they're, they're different beasts, though. Like, the yeah. the comics have, like, a different sort of background, uh, mm-hmm. like, with all the characters and stuff compared to the movies. Like, obviously, you don't have the same characters in the the movies, like, not all of the same cast. Yes. Uh, and, like, there's different scenarios that they've been through, like, all the, the previous two phases and stuff. So, like, they couldn't do, like, a direct adaptation from the comic books. Yeah, I think they... that's that's something I realized... Like after I watched it, I'm like, you know what? It's it's different, but th- what you can say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that, to its credit, it has been pretty different and like unique, and stuck to its own stories. So like, it's not, yeah. it's never been a one to one parallel with the comics. So you're like, mm-hmm. well, if you understand that, you're like, it, it it's fair enough, you know. They did establish their own continuity and stuck yeah. to it. Like I said, when we, when we first talked about doing this kind of the the life and death of the MCU or the seeming death of uh, the MCU. Uh, Endgame was sort of our cutoff point because that seems to be the last time they uh, they really hit their strength. And I feel like a lot of people fell off at that point. Yeah. So what I did was I, com- I, I compiled all of the box office uh, funds that each of these pulled off. And I also grabbed their Rotten Tomato scores and I put together an average. Uh, would you be interested in knowing what the average between all of these, what is it, 23 films, uh, what the average of their box office was? Okay. Go for it. I mean, if you want to, you don't have to. (laughs) $961,260,870. There is some rounding there. So uh, basically it was at 900 million. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to round up basically a billion, but 961 billion or 961 million. So they, uh, you know, made some good money on that. Uh, And the Rotten Tomato scores, they did the same thing. I grabbed the Rotten Tomato scores for each of these movies because that is seen as the the quintessential rating anymore. Um, In fact, you see most trailers will say something the lines of, you know, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, the average score is 85% among all of these, all 23 films. Huh. Yeah, so that's not terrible. I will tell you that there were a couple that dragged it down considerably. Would you not like not. to take a guess? Guess what was the lowest drawing Marvel movie from Ant-Man. that first group? One of <laughs> the guess Ant-Man. Is Ant-Man? It's either Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. John, I would guess. say Thor The Dark World. The Incredible Hulk. Really? Oh. $264 million. Huh. Uh, would you like to take a guess at the lowest Rotten Tomato score? Ooh. I mean, I'm going to guess I'm on again. <laughs> um, I will tell you, this I... one's a tie. Oh, 
I, the I two Ant-Man go, films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Thor and the Wasp. So it's actually, it's a tie between The Incredible Hulk and Thor Dark World at 67%. Son of a bitch. Oh, people, why do people like Ant-Man? <laughs> so I will tell you, Ant-Man, the, the first Ant-Man movie did 519 million and the Rotten Tomato score was 83%, and Ant-Man and the Wasp did 476 million, and the Rotten Tomato score was 87%. What? Yeah, yeah, they did okay. They did okay. I think the reason, and this is the big thing, if you look at where The Incredible Hulk, it was the second movie, and Thor 2 Dark World did actually better monetarily than Thor, but it was lower reviewed. So it did about $200 million more than the first Thor movie. Because I think at that point, people knew who it was. Because you really, you're getting that Avengers bump, essentially, yes. with yeah. Ant-Man. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, you know, the Iron Man did $585 million, Incredible Hulk did $264. Iron Man 2 did $624. Mm-hmm. Thor did $449. Captain America did $370. And then the Avengers came out, and those numbers just... They didn't get that low again until Ant-Man and the Wasp at 476. I told you. Yeah, so if you want to go, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the lowest monetary drawing movie post-Avengers in that first group. What did Iron Man 3 do? Iron Man 3, uh, 1.2 billion and 79%. (laughs) That's pretty good. Iron Man 2, though, did 624 million and 72%. Yeah. I liked Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 was good. Yeah. I love the t- the twist at the end. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Oh yeah, that was so good. But I liked all the Iron Man, even the second one. I liked it. So that being said, let's end game was sort of seen as the end game because it saw uh, Robert Downey Jr. leaving the role of Iron Man. It saw Chris Evans leaving the role of Captain America, and it also kind of saw Scarlett Johansson leaving the role of Black Widow. But we'll hop into the post-in-game world of the MCU. There's not as many movies, so it should go pretty quick. Uh, we have Black Widow, uh, which was the final Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The Eternals. Spider-Man No Way Home. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Thor Love and Thunder. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And The Marvels. So, yeah, at any point, did you guys fall off of these? Which ones of these did you not see? Yeah, there's a bunch there that I didn't see. I didn't see the Marvels. I didn't see Black Widow. What was the one after Black Widow? Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I did not see that one either. Um, The other ones I think I did see, even Ant-Man. And that was my own fault. Like, I came out of that film going, well, I'm the idiot here. (laughs) This this one's on me. (laughs) I knew it wasn't going to be good. Not that it wasn't good. You know what I mean? Because I thought Jonathan, funny enough, fucking what's his name? Was it Jonathan Majors? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking really good. And then, you know, all that shit happened. He's really good in prison now. Yeah, no, exactly. He's a great fucking actor in prison. I'm like, well, that's hard for me to watch him there. Not impossible, you know. It can um, be done. Oh, it can be done. But, like, by that point, I think, and I think, John, you're probably in the same page here. If you look at, like, those films that came before Endgame and those films that came after Endgame, some of them were still good, right? Yeah. Spider-Man was good. And I'm sure some of the other ones that I can't remember were good, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> but you can see, like, a big 
difference in quality with a lot of those films, right? But like you mm. said, before Endgame, it was like heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Like they, there was a couple of duds, but not, you know, for the most part, they were firing on all cylinders. Then after Endgame, they didn't keep the pressure on. And I think that's because they didn't know what the next thing was going to be. So like, for example, we said at the beginning, all of the films were leading up to the Avengers film. And then after that, they were all leading up to the Thor story. Uh, Thor, the Thanos storyline. I don't know why I've got Thor in the fucking brain today. <laughs> um, they all led up to the Thanos storyline, then uh, you know, Endgame and stuff like that. So you could see that there was like an end game, an end point in mind for those. But for this after Endgame, like there hasn't been that. There's no mm. structure to it. It's just fun stories for the sake of fun stories. But they don't. They haven't led to anywhere. And that's why I think up to this point, some of those films are fine. They're nice. They're okay. Some of them have not been okay. But I'm mm. um, looking at you, Eternals. Not a good film. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we do like a whole episode where I get drunk and just talk about the Eternals? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll just be here. I'll be here to moderate because I did not watch that one either. Because I remember John, when they announced you... it, I was like, wait, 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 wait. We're doing Kirby's like not as good, <laughs> not as good dark side stories like what the fuck's going on here john yeah. did you watch the eternals unfortunately yes okay so you know exactly what i'm talking about i mean i i just don't really understand a the mindset of doing like these little known characters who i've been reading comics a long time and i don't think i've seen any of them pop up in any of the comics i've ever read and but then like uh... b there's just so many of them and like trying to introduce them all in one movie you can't really get a sense of character or like uh you know their relationships and stuff and it was just i don't know it it seemed destined to be a misfire from the start and well what do you know it turned out it was (laughs) yeah it was kind of I think arrogance is what that was. I think they yeah. were like, we made Guardians of the Galaxy a thing. So we'll. Yeah. Because before that, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of existed in its own pocket of like books that would be canceled at some point. And it really was it was uh, the the collaborative work of DNA, which was uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning that really made those characters shine on their own. And even then, like the the depictions of Star-Lord and the other characters did not match what DNA was doing. And when right. they started to make more Guardians comics after the movie, the those characterizations that DNA made just went away. They they just started right. mirroring what the movies were. Right. Like even though the like the comics at the time wasn't at all what the film ended up being. Which I don't know, again, like to your to their credit, I think that was part of it because the Guardians of the Galaxy one and two ended up being like my absolute favorites of the Marvel films. And like you said, they they made it a success story because before that, I didn't know who the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxy were. And I didn't care. So it was one of those things where I kind of went into the cinema going, okay, let's see if this is any good. And then it came out of it going, holy fuck, they did it. Like, they made me mm-hmm. care about the fucking talkie tree and a raccoon. Like, they did it. Yeah. Uh, but because it was really, it was tight. It was really fucking well done. All the characters got the right amount of screen time. And were played perfectly had they're very very different people all clearly very different people but uh, eternals had none of that eternals had too many people 
They were all kind yeah. of fighting for position, and it was hard to care about them because none of them got enough screen time to tell you who they were, what they were about. Like, it was just a mess. And then at the end of it, you're like, well, like it's it, it tried to be like really big and epic, but by that point, you're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, nobody mm. cared. You know. Uh, before I go into the numbers for what these movies did, I, I will say that um, I'm not counting the Disney Plus series. Uh, because there is no box office information there. And I think that's really like the money or, you know, the, the dollars and cents of this quite literally. Uh, theoretically, I could find out how many Disney Plus subscribers they are and like multiply that number by the the cost of membership. But then again, I'm just counting at that point how many people could have potentially seen it. And that's not fairly accurate. I did find uh, a number of viewers little chart for like which uh, which ones are been the most popular and which one's not so popular um, yeah before i jump into those numbers do you want to go ahead and go over that yeah yeah sure thing so uh loki was apparently the most watched of the uh, series i think it was the first one they released as well um which had a number of 2.5 million views uh in total not bad going um then it was the falcon and the winter soldier and moon knight both had 1.8 million each uh so one division was the next one with uh 1.6 million views um that was followed by hawkeye and she hulk which both had 1.5 million viewers uh then secret invasion from last year had 0.99 and the least viewed of all was Miss Marvel with 0.78. Oh, that's not that's not what you want. No, and it was a pretty decent series as well. It was like quite, you know, fun and energetic and uh, funny as well. Like it, the the lead character was like, you know, uh, someone you kind of wanted to watch. So. It's a bit disappointing that I think, um, you know, people got turned off for whatever reason. But she was the best part of the Marvels as well. Well, I was going to say, like, for for like their lowest viewed TV show, for that character to be spun off into a film, for that film to be, pro- I haven't, we don't have the numbers, Corey probably has the numbers, but probably like I do. a pretty low rated film. Like, technically that's not going to look super good, even if the film itself is probably like, I haven't seen it, but I don't know how good it is, but it's probably good. The show I've heard is pretty good. Like, you know what I mean? Is it one of those silly internet boycott things where they just boycott somebody that isn't a straight white man? I imagine so. Yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it. I will tell you that a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that the Miss Marvel character is pushed really, really strongly. Like that Avengers video game that took forever to come out. She's like the main character. She debuted in the comics through like she was an inhuman. Yes. And John, I don't want to spoil X-Men stuff for you. I don't really think this is a major spoiler or anything like no, that. I know. So that she's revealed to actually be a mutant. Mm-hmm. Which so I think like, came off the back of the show because she's revealed to be a mutant in that as well. Yeah, yeah. So like she was in they they basically gave her she had her own series and then she was like one of the main characters of the Champions uh, series. And then they put her in X-Men. So, I mean, she's a character that does not go away. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we, we move over into another topic. 
But I can definitely see some people not wanting to see it, just they're fatigued of the character. Captain Marvel is also a character that gets met with a lot of resistance from the, the comic book community in general, mm. just because, like, they they seemingly just one day decided that Captain Marvel was the most important female character they had at Marvel and just strapped <laughs> a rocket to her. Yeah. So that, I mean, that I, really I liked the Captain Marvel film. I thought that was really good. There was I remember when it came out, there was an awful lot of that what we're talking about, like we can't have a fucking woman be uh, you know, like they were so everybody was so well, I say everybody, I mean a bunch of nerds on the internet. <laughs> That's right, I'm talking to you. you yeah. Know, if you're listening to this, listen to this <laughs> yeah. thank you for listening, but also you're 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 one of the nerds. Grow up. <laughs> um, yeah, like it was so, it was so silly. Like, you know, they did a big boycott about this film and stuff, and like you haven't even seen it. And then it turns out the film was actually pretty good. What do you call the who played Captain Marvel? Brie, Brie Larson. Larson. Yeah, she was really good. Mm-hmm. She's really good. And people are like, oh, I'm looking to see this film. I'm like, fine, just you know, watch some other fucking film. But <laughs> this is a really good one, you know. <laughs> um, and I, I, you hate to see that. But I feel like that's part of the rebrand, right? Like, if you yeah. look at, again, if you could look at the first half of what we're talking about, it's a lot of Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and, you know, a lot of white dudes. And to their credit, in the second half, they have tried to diversify. Not only is it a lot of characters that aren't super familiar, but it also happens to be a lot of characters that are, you know, different to <laughs> regular white dudes and you, I don't want to say that that's part of it as well I think that was a problem with the Eternals was mm. that they, they 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 really did it really felt like they were crowbarring that in you know well that reminds me of like uh when they did that press conference for Rogue One uh when they were promoting the Star Wars thing and I remember them saying like this is the most diverse cast we've ever had and he's like okay that's totally cool and then Rogue One was kind of weirdly written where you oh, didn't yeah. know who any of these characters were and you did not care for the most part. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of like the Eternals. That's like Eternals. It's cool. Yeah. It's, cool. it's really cool that they have this like really cool and interesting diverse cast. But like this, this, the script, the story itself did just did a disservice to that. It, it didn't matter if it was a diverse cast or not. It just wasn't good. And the fact that they had tried like, the fact that they did seem like they were trying to use diversity in this film as a, as one of those selling points made it very clear that it seemed crowbarred in. And they didn't have to do that, especially whenever they did have loads of other characters they could have used. Which, they, you know, like what we're talking about, the, the Miss Marvels and stuff like this, Captain Marvels, that you can do easily and show diversity and show um, really good, strong characters. But it didn't feel like they did that with the Eternals, you know? Well, it was they were basically what the Avengers excelled at is if you'd seen the other movies, you already knew who these characters were. So you could focus yes. on more of their interactions instead of establishing them. Right. Um, even though, like when you look at Star Wars and Star Wars was about establishing this massive thing, they focused on just a few characters and then other characters were just kind of meant to fill in the gaps. Um, Star Trek, which, you know, I'm much more of a Star Trek person than a Star Wars person at this point in my life. But like, look, the next generation is an ensemble cast, but the main characters are Captain Picard, William Riker and Data. Everybody else on the cast fills in spots. So 
that was kind of that with the Eternals. I don't know because I didn't watch it, but I know that Icarus was the main dude. I heard, I believe he should have been at least because he's kind of the main Eternal. Well, but I yeah, don't know. But he wasn't sort of the main one of the, you know, like the main focus of the movie. It was more. No. Um, is it Cersei? Uh, no, I can't yes. remember. Oh, Cersei? I think, yes. I think it yeah. was. Yeah, I feel like she was a more, yeah, more prominent character. But she was okay. kind of a bland character as well. There wasn't <laughs> m- much of a reason to care about well, her. Well, again, <laughs> these are not, this is kind of like Jack Kirby's not as good versions of like Darkseid and Mr. Miracle and Barda, you know? Yeah. You could um, tell. So there's also, you know, we we, we didn't mention Loki 2, uh, the second season of Loki, and uh, Echo, which is going on right now, from what I understand. Or maybe over now. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's finished now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> they're doing Daredevil, right? Isn't that coming out to the, the Disney Plus? Well, they're filming it at the moment, because the, they started filming last year, and apparently they did not like the way it was turning out, so they've hit the reset button and brought in some new writers and an actual showrunner to kind of oversee everything. Um, and it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's going to tie more into the Netflix series as well, have a bit more continuity with that. So, uh, that will probably help it be a bit more of a success, I think, because people do love those series. That's a good point. We also did not mention the Netflix series of Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Doc, uh, Daredevil. We also didn't mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But so, then yeah. all of those didn't really connect too much to the MCU. Like, you had a few little moments of crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Samuel yeah. L. Jackson appeared in a couple of episodes, and uh, Kobe Smothers as well. But, like... Um, yeah, Daredevil and all the Netflix shows were Punisher. Yeah, the, they they sort of mentioned like Avengers and the the Battle of New York and stuff, but you didn't see any sort of evidence of like you know it being in the same world really. Um, but yeah, I guess now it is. So uh, let's go into the the numbers of the post in game movies. The pre-endgame or in-game included did what 961 million so far of these 10 movies that have come out. It's 693 million, 100,000. So 300 million off with, with just 10 films, just 10. That's so that is the average of them. Pretty fucking good, really. Yeah, they, well, I told you when before we started recording, there's some outliers that really helped them out. <laughs> Did some heavy lifting. <laughs> kind of like that first minute of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> heavy lifting. Um, <laughs> so let's look at the end game ratings, uh, post end game ratings. We went from 85% to 72%. So there's a lot of favorable reviews for some movies that did not draw well uh but there was also some heavy lifting done do you want to take a stab in the dark as to what the most successful of the post in-game movies were spider-man yeah 100 percent. 1.9 billion dollars it did the heavy lifting it broke the average 
Wow. Yeah, imagine uh, if but yeah, do the average without Spider Man. <laughs> all right. Then we'll we'll drop that off. We'll just uh, link it. Yeah, five hundred and fifty nine million. A lot of heavy lifting there. Yep, sure did. Yeah, six ninety three before six, like what five something after. Mm-hmm. What do you think was the worst of them, money wise? I would guess Miss Marvel. No. Or the Marvels. The Marvels. It's surely got to be Black Widow because that was released during the pandemic, wasn't it? So I don't know if many people were going to the cinema back then. It was actually the Marvels, 199 million, which was just a million off from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium, which did about 200 million. Wow. Yep. Black Widow did 379. The other... Wow. Uh, don't the let other the pandemic t- stop people from being racist. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the other movies that uh, did some heavy lifting, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did 955 million. Yeah. Um, Wakanda Forever did 859 million, and Guardians of the Galaxy did 845. Yeah, lowest three were Black Widow, Ant Man, The Lost Quantumania, and The Marvels. So you're so, saying the the bottom three were the films that um, very clearly had women in the title yep. of the film. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a so, good luck, guys. What What would you say is the best reviewed like percentage wise of these movies it's close oh i'm gonna go spider-man again again. yeah Yeah. all right yep spider-man was at 93 percent on rotten tomatoes what do you think was second because it's close black panther oh yeah black panther no shang chi and the legend of the ten rings at 92 (laughs) percent wow really yeah yeah maybe it's worth checking out shang chi dylan i guess i'm gonna have to uh, what do you think the lowest rated one was? I mean, am I gonna have to say Miss Mar- the Marvels again? Mm, wait, wait, we're I mean, talking about the Eternals here too, aren't we? Yeah. Oh well, then probably Eternals. Well, this I'm one gonna, was also close. I was gonna say Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm, yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp at forty six percent was the worst. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> and the Eternals was at forty seven. I definitely so, liked Ant Man better than the Eternals. So what does that tell you? <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's within a percentage. Uh, just for your own peace of mind, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder did sixty three percent. Jeez, I, I thought that was a fun film, uh, which I, is really I, funny. The, I thought it tried too hard. No, it was, I Taika didn't give a shit. That's pretty much what that is. <laughs> but it was just, it was just a fun, silly film, which a lot of the other Marvel films were. It got, it, it wasn't too long. It did what it wanted to do, in out, no problem. There was a couple of jokes, and uh, that was it. I liked it. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't like the worst film. I will say the biggest kind of uh, just eyeballing it, the biggest difference between money and ratings was Doctor Strange. So Doctor Strange was the second highest. Uh, box office of these movies, but it only did seventy three percent. I can see that. I um I thought Doctor Strange was gonna be really fun, John. I want to hear your opinion on this, right? Because this is what I thought. I thought Doctor Strange was gonna be a lot of fun because like Sam Raimi was directing it. There's gonna be a lot of like crazy, practical effects and loads of crazy different multiverses, and I felt like it was a lot of green screen. Mm-hmm. But whenever I saw everything everywhere all at once, I'm like, that's what Doctor Strange should have been. 
That's exactly what I thought Doctor Strange was going to be. Just yeah. fucking mental, crazy shit. Loads of different universes, practical effects, like really fun stuff, but also a very serious overall story. That's what I thought it should have been. You know? Yeah, I thought they they should have done more with it, like in terms of going to different universes and stuff. But yeah. at the same time, it sounds like that's basically the plot to the next Deadpool movie. So maybe they were like, well, let's rein it back a little bit for this one so then we can save it for that one and get to all the multiversal stuff like, you know, down the line. But then if that was their line of thinking, then why call it the multiverse of madness? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts on any of these other movies that were part of this wave? We didn't really say anything about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That was really good. I have a controversial opinion. Uh Uh-oh. Yep, here I go. <laughs> I going to say didn't... a slur. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking records. <laughs> I... <laughs> I... I thought it was okay. I... Yeah, yeah, I love Guardians 1 and 2, and I thought number 3 wasn't as good by quite a margin. I thought it was okay but just not as much fun. Um, I think they, again, they crowbarred too much stuff in. Uh, I think part of the problem, and I get the idea of it with Rocket Raccoon go back to his home planet or whatever, but like part of the fun of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 is Rocket Raccoon. I'm like, if you just take him out of the film for most of the film, like that, that's going to make a big difference, you know? Um, like, I think they could have done a better job mixing that up. A lot of the characters seemed really, really just not like they used to be. Like Drax and Mantis were like not how they started. And it, it didn't seem like character development. It just seemed a little bit like Drax is an idiot and Mantis shouts a lot, you know? And like that's, this isn't what they used to be. There's a bit near the end, spoiler alert, where they fake that Quill's going to die and he doesn't. And you're like, why that? was crowbarred in there. There was absolutely no reason for that. After all, we've already been through in that film. There's no reason for that part. Um, on the weird bit with Gamora and Star-Lord, like, that that, that was just weird all the way through, you know? Yeah. Um, and what's annoying was parts of it were really good, but also, like, a lot of it I just thought was just kind of not that good. Um, Can I raise a flag to something that I thought was really weird? Okay. Why did they put Adam Warlock in it? Basically, because well, they, they set it up in yeah, yeah the second they one. That. Oh, they they established Adam Warlock in the second one. They're like, well, we got to pay it off in the mid credit scene. Yeah, it yeah. was like the uh, the cocoon they showed, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think James Gunn felt like he had to pay it off, otherwise people would be asking him constantly. Well, where's Adam Warlock? He fucking hates being asked questions. I've seen some of his Twitter posts. Yeah. <laughs> well, he I think part of that it. is because they're asking him dumbass questions. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they did. They 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 established. They they kind of teased Adam Warlock was gonna appear at some point. So like, it made sense that he did. And you know, what? I loved the High Evolutionary. I thought like he was fucking great. He's a great mm. villain. He was. I, I always so enjoyed good. the appearance of the comics. But like, as a whoever was was playing him fucking perfect like so good and like his interactions with rocket that was a lot of fun i thought he was a great villain 
there was good stuff in it, but I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't think it's as good as the first two. I thought it, like, out of all the Marvel movies, is probably the one that packed the most sort of emotional punch. Like, it was I, really... I people crying over that raccoon on TikTok. I, I disagree. Yeah, you've got a, a black heart, Devin. It's true, but I feel the like doctor said true. there's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the second one was so much more, like, emotionally... The second one, I, I cried in the cinema. I've never cried in the cinema. And I cried whenever uh, Yondu just... died. Oh, was... I was, was just looking at Kurt Russell, because I, I love Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I get misty-eyed when I see him. But it was when they do the funeral at the end of the Gardens, too. Like, the bit where Rocket Raccoon looks at all the people he came to his funeral and he's like look how many people are here to see this guy even though he was a jerk that sold batteries he didn't need i'm like that's like it that's the perfect because it, it encapsulates the whole film but it also was perfect for rocket's character like that's 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 how you do it that felt perfect for that scene and a lot of the stuff in guardians 3 i felt was a little too crowbar ish you know now listen that's a whole other show in itself i think <laughs> Maybe yeah, we'll we'll dive into some of these a little deeper. I feel like at some point, but um, so we mentioned James Gunn and ja- the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three was James Gunn's final uh, work with Marvel because he has been given basically carte blanche over the DC cinematic universe, uh, and he's made a bunch of announcements already and castings for like Superman, which I'm interested in, and Batman and Robin, and I think it's starting off with. Um, the creature commandos, which I'm kind of like, all right, fuck yeah, creature commandos, what's up? Um, but we're gonna hop over into uh, what Marvel used to call them the distinguished competition, uh, the DC extended universe, uh, and take a look at what their numbers were like because they this was the the same time period. So there's gonna be a couple exceptions on this one. Again, not covering any of the things on the CW network because they were not affiliated with it. Um, not going to include Robert Pattinson's The Batman because that is also not in it's not attached to the DC Extended Universe. I grabbed the numbers for the hell of it, but you know, we're going to just look at Zack Snyder's fingerprints and what occurred from it. I will not lie, one of these movies I forgot was even a thing. So, <laughs> Man of Steel, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn. That's the one I forgot existed. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984, the, Su- the Suicide Squad, Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Okay. So, gentlemen, which of these have you seen? I'm going to guess it's probably the worst one. Which one did you see? Take a guess as what you would say is the worst one. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the numbers. I can tell you exactly which one was the worst one. Not No, in your opinion. Which one I thought? I yeah. didn't see all of these. Again, I fell off superhero movies real fucking hard. Um, I think the last one on these I saw was Aquaman. But I had seen all of the ones aside from Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I can tell you the one I liked the least was... Uh, of these that I saw was Justice League. And John, I won free you... tickets to see Justice League too. Oh, I didn't even so... pay money for it. It was so bad you got free tickets and it was still shit. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, shout out to the Laughing Ogre, my uh, local comic book store. I won some random drawing, and they were like, here's two tickets for Justice League. I went, fuck yeah, I don't have to pay. Uh, and John, you said Justice League too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no. It was Batman versus Superman. Uh, well, <laughs> Batman can... versus Superman is god-awful. But the, I'll tell you what, though. Like, the there's an extended version... Which I know is a bit of a, you know, joke now with Zack Snyder and stuff. Like, oh, Snyder Cut. But there is a Snyder Cut of it, which uh, is like uh, an hour longer. And it gives, the, <laughs> it, it gives the story more chance to breathe and the characters more chance to kind of, yeah, like properly set up their motivations and whatnot and why... Uh, they're doing the things they do. So it's a bit deeper than just, oh, our mum's got the same name. Yeah. And, and stuff mean, like that. That was a <laughs> real that a problem. Well, yes. <laughs> Have you not seen the film? No, I didn't see Dawn of Justice. That's, I don't, that's I was the, too much of an homage to Frank Miller and I just can't fucking stand him. That's the, that's the crux of the film. Yeah, basically. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the Superman mean. And have the same mom? Oh, yeah. no, their mom's no, the same name. name. Well, that's, that's the problem, right? All the way through this film, Batman and Superman are having a really, like, really, like, forced kind of fight amongst each other. Which, dude, anybody who watched the film would be like, all they had to do was just easily talk to each other once. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, that's the mm-hmm. end of this. But instead of that, and uh, which, again, like, you think about Batman being one of the most logical people in the DC universe. You, they, like, they don't ever talk to each other. They just, like, fucking fight. And then at some well, point... Batman's like, oh, my mother's called Martha. And Superman's like, my mother's called Martha, too. I like, you got I will, fucking kidding I will me. tell you, I will tell you that that's incredibly out of character for Superman as well. Superman would absolutely not engage in a fight if he did not have to. Right, because it's not his, that's not Superman's nature, right? That's just no, not Superman's the kind, kind of character that's he his, is. That's his big thing, is Superman's well, kind. This is the problem with Zack Snyder uh, and his he doesn't read the source material. Yeah. He he basically saw these characters as a kid and thought, well, yeah, they're cool, but I think I can make them cooler. And it's like, well, no, you're not. You're just sort of making them uh, darker, I guess, and well, a bit more out of character and whatnot. But it's like it's so far removed from what people were expecting. But then well, he's I mean, got that's... like this whole legion of fans who, who lap it up. John, do you remember the bit in that film where like Batman has like a bunch of machine guns? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Why yeah, Batman yeah. with machine guns? <laughs> like what? Who? Who? And we know the answer to this. <laughs> who the fuck thought that's like character trait that Batman would have, right? It's, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. And I'm not even a huge Batman fan, but I'm like, dude, you don't have to be fucking, you know the most scholarly Batman uh, fan to know that Batman wouldn't do that shit. All of it seemed really fucking hokey, mm-hmm. really just forced and stupid. I mean, like, I don't like any of this. The fact that they were fighting um, in the middle of the fight, they realized that they're both their mothers had the first same, like same first name. And that's why they stopped fighting. And like, not because of like the reason you guys are actually superheroes to begin with. That's not why you would stop fighting. It's because you put your mother's at the front. It's not even Superman's real mother. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Well, no, yeah, no. Ma Kent is much more of a mother than his Kryptonian mother. She actually raised him, but no, I get what you're saying. Right, but like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? So, I didn't like that film at all. So I will tell you, um, 
I absolutely loved Henry Cavill as a choice for Superman. I think he had the right look. I think he had the right yeah. temperament. Yeah. Um, I'm very sensitive about Superman because he's like my one of my absolute favorite characters. But um, I had a bad feeling about the Zack Snyder Extended Universe when I saw Man of Steel because I watched that movie and really liked it. And then I had a conversation with someone about it. And the more I talked about it, the more I realized I hated it. And it was like the slow undoing of a man. I just mm-hmm. was like, wait, hold on. No, his mom was working for Sears. <laughs> Killed Zod? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, anyway, yeah, that's that's the DC extended universe. Um, John, did you see any of these movies? Which ones did you? Which ones didn't you? I've seen every single one except for Blue Beetle and Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom. You saw Flashpoint? Uh, well, yeah, just it's the Michael Keaton just thing. The Flash, yeah. Which yeah. I, I'll be honest, I quite enjoyed. I don't know. I, well, I, I guess I do know why people <laughs> shit all over it because of Ezra Miller. Yeah, um, kidnapping people in Hawaii, punching yeah. out people doing karaoke. Uh, and that's just, you know, a very small amount of the list of shenanigans that he's got up to over the years. But, I mean, I, I thought it was like a pretty fun movie, not perfect by any stretch. And some of the CGI was really ugly. And uh, Which played you know, Justice League, too. Yeah. It was bad yeah. CGI. But as a concept and as just a like a wacky movie, it was pretty good. Um, like compare that to something like um, Black Adam, which was just so dire. Mm. Just the no redeeming features whatsoever. Uh, what's his name? Uh, how the fuck have I forgot his name? Uh, Bond. Oh, James Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he was pretty good in it, but then that that was like the only high spot. There's a really interesting trend here because you can see when viewers gave up on the DC Extended Universe as well when we're looking at the uh, the dollar figures. There is something I do want to call out because you mentioned it. I did not include the Zack Snyder Justice League cut because that was HBO Max exclusive. And John, if you're able to pull up the figures on that, that's cool. But uh, I did not bother with that because, like I said, there's no monetary value box office wise. Yeah, I, I can't be bothered with that either. Fair enough. All right. Five and a half hours of your life. Um, <laughs> so we'll do a quick little review. So the before Endgame, 961 million. After Endgame, 693 million. Uh, the DC Extended Universe, the, 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 the thing that came from Zack Snyder, essentially started with him, ended without him. Um, $478 million. Huh. Not... Not good, essentially. Not no. as good. No. And we we'll look at the average of the Rotten Tomatoes. We have before in game eighty five percent, post in game seventy two percent, DC Extended Universe fifty seven percent. Yeah, not, not too good. surprising. All right, so you guys were playing a little bit with it. Guess which the worst movie rating was. So who had the lowest Rotten Tomato score? The Flash. Oh, yeah, I'd probably go with The Flash as well. The first Suicide Squad movie, 26%. What? Yeah, 26%. 26%. And I'll give you you an interesting little factoid after that, too. 
Um, but after that, the second worst was Batman v Superman Donna Justice at 29. So it was close, Dylan. Yes, that's I mean, that's 29 is exactly like that's fair enough. <laughs> and uh, after that, it's both Aquaman movies at 34. Wow. Mm. Yep. These are really low. Yeah, yeah. no, they're not. <laughs> they are very low. What do you think the most highest rating ones were? So this is another tie. Well, I heard Wonder Woman was pretty good. Actually, yeah. no, I, I heard Shazam was pretty it's good. It's not too. a tie. So there's one that's better, and then the second, second and third is tied. I'd say Shazam probably number one because I heard it was pretty good. Um, I'm gonna go with Zack Snyder's Justice League just because I figure all well, his nerd army didn't probably. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wow. didn't include it. <laughs> In that case, oh man, I don't know. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, got it right, John. Ninety-three percent. That's fair. Really good rating. After that, it was a tie between Shazam and The Suicide Squad by James Gunn at ninety percent. Okay. So, the the interesting little factoid here is you can kind of tell when moviegoers gave up on the DC Extended Universe. I'll just give you the 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 monetary values. Um, Man of Steel six hundred sixty-eight million. Batman v Superman Donna Justice 872 million. A lot of people God. had high hopes for that. <laughs> yeah. David Ayer's uh Suicide Squad, which had the lowest rating, was at 749 million. Uh people are really excited to see Will Smith, I'm going to guess. Or just really big Harley Quinn fans. Mm. Uh then we had Wonder Woman at 824 million. Justice League at 661 and surprising considering how low its rating was, Aquaman, 1,152,000,000. Huh. That's the only DC Extended Universe movie to break a billion. Wow. That's really strange. After that, it just nosedives. Shazam, 367. Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, 205. Wonder Woman, 1984, 169. Suicide really? Squad, James Gunn, 168. Oh, Black this Adam is... They must have been during the pandemic, though, surely. Sure. I think it was. Uh, Black Adam, 393. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, 134. The Flash, 271. Blue Beetle, 130. Mm. And Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, 413. So the one that drew the least amount of money, and we could, it was probably just due to the pandemic, was uh, su the Suicide Squad at 168. So it was one of That's... the highest ratings and didn't draw a lot of money. That's surprising. Oh, no, I apologize. It wasn't the Suicide Squad. It was Blue Beetle, 130. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. That makes and you want to know what that has in common with the Marvels? That shit? <laughs> well, it it did 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it was okay. pretty popular. I mean, I like I haven't seen it, so I couldn't pause it. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, wildly inaccurate by me. <laughs> the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle, the third Blue Beetle incarnation, is one of the most pushed characters that DC's had in the last 20 years mm. and it never seems to pan out. He's had multiple comic series, multiple mini series. He had an episode on Smallville, I believe. Uh they did an episode with him in Booster Gold. The Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle character, I think they have a lot of they love him, but I think that for the most part the uh fan base ambivalent. Well, see, that's what I would have thought the the similarities were between them. Not just that they were overpushed, but that they were films with minorities in them. Because yeah. in in the comics, you know, if you're going to push a character a lot, people still have to buy the comics. At some point, if they don't like a character, they'll stop buying 
the comics and that would reflect the popularity of the character. You know what I mean? So even though a character like that is being pushed in the comics, if they're still buying the comics, then they're not that over pushed. There must, there must still be interest in them, you know? Well, yeah, I think it's just every now and then, because I think Jaime appeals to people, but it, it doesn't appeal to a lot of people. And it could just be that Blue Beetle is not a standalone kind of character. They they have a lot of hope in him. I mean, his version of Blue Beetle is so drastically different from the first incarnation and the second incarnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people are really reluctant just because the Ted Cord, the second Blue Beetle, who's, again, one of my favorite characters, he replaced. And I think a lot of people didn't like that. He's such a cool character. He has an alien like device that's fused to his spine and it can make any weapons that he wants and he can fly and it's blue armored. So he kind of like appeals to kids. But yeah, no, people didn't care for him. John didn't care for him. John didn't see it. John, obviously not a fan. Well, I, I will go and well, I'm not <laughs> going to go and watch it, but I'll, I'll watch it right when now. It comes out on, you know, like streaming or whatever. Well, and I think the villain is Susan Sarandon in that movie. Yeah, I like Susan Sarandon. Yeah, she's like 77 years old. Still looks amazing. Yeah. She could get it. (laughs) Classy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we strive for. Oh, yeah, we were just like dripping a class in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to make that so much worse, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. Cut this bit out if you want, but go ahead. No, we're not going (laughs) to. So that's more editing for me, and I don't want to. Uh, I have to re-download the editing software and shit. Ugh. Anyway, the uh, one of the movies I did not include in this was The Batman, uh, which was put out uh, in the same kind of time period. But it was not tied to the DC Extended Universe because in that, that role is played by Ben Affleck. Uh, and this is Robert Pattinson. So would you like to know the box office and the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie? Yes, Ooh. this is a movie that I actually did see recently, and I kind of forgot it when I said I fell off superhero movies. The Batman drew seven hundred seventy two million dollars, which was the most that a DC film has drawn since the first Aquaman movie. And its yeah. Rotten Tomatoes score was eighty five percent. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I know they're I, is, are they still on to make a sequel to that? Because I know it's not included in James Gunn's. Batman. Yeah, yeah. Not only are they still doing a sequel, but there's uh, a Penguin TV series, which they've been filming for the last year or so as well. So are they doing that? Yeah. Are really going to get a Penguin? Apparently so. I don't know if it's going to have too much connective tissue with it. Like, I can't imagine Robert Patterson's going to show up in it as Batman, but who knows? Maybe. Well, there was another one that I did not include here for the same reason, because that was this, that was something that they were DC was saying they were going to do. But that was before the merger with Discovery. And then that whole thing came about. They, they were going to like we're going to have movies that don't tie into a cinematic universe. We were just going to do our own thing because in DC Elseworlds is such a huge thing. Uh, Joker, which is also getting a sequel, including mm-hmm. Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. <laughs> Joker did 1.74 billion dollars wow so that is the second most they've done still short of jason momo and aquaman which i'm sure a lot of jason momo and aquaman was just like 
Jason Momoa is going to be very wet throughout this movie, and he's not going to be wearing a shirt sometimes, which, again, I see the appeal of. Uh-huh. And uh, Joker did 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah, Joker didn't do so hot for some people. But that's it, though. This is this is what we're talking about. You start making a film just for those weird incels on the Internet. So go see it. <laughs> well, they're getting a musical version with uh, with Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn, from what I understand. They're going to hate it. Yep. They're going to hate it, probably. They're going to absolutely hate it. You heard it here first, folks. So there is one more movie that I wanted to include, uh, and it's because I wanted to break my own heart. I love Dark Horse Comics' Hellboy. I love Hellboy so much. I've read so many tie-ins and miniseries and uh, just followed Hellboy and Mike Mignola's work for years now. And I enjoyed the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies that came out in the 2000s with Ron Perlman. Fantastic. So they made another Hellboy movie in 2019 starring everyone's favorite uh, police officer from the Stranger Things world. And... Uh, I, oh, yeah, he was in Black Widow as well. He was Red Guardian, Red Guardian, David Haber, Harbor, 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 Harbor. So I saw the news for that movie and I went, oh, new Hellboy. Awesome. And then I started seeing more and more what this movie is going to be. And I went, oh, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't you know who won the pony as the expression goes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you want to know how much money Hellboy made? Seventy-five dollars. Yeah. A little higher than that. Uh, Fifty-five million. Aye, Everything aye, else aye. we've discussed has broken a hundred million by a good bit. Mm. Like I think the lowest that we have that did not break it was Blue Beetle at one thirty. Or yeah, Blue Beetle at one thirty broke a billion. Uh, broke a mil- hundred million. This did not break 100 million. It was only 55. And it also gave us the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score out of everything we've talked about. Want to take a stab in the dark at what that one is. Just to let you know, I think the lowest score that we have to this point is David Ayer's Suicide Squad at 26, and it is lower than 26. Seven. Oh, I will go 13. John was closest, 17. <laughs> but mine had a seven in it, so you yours did have a seven. We will give you credit for that. <laughs> so, so yeah, people not interested in seeing Hellboy you know, on this on the silver screen once more. Uh, like I said, did that to myself. Wanted to break my own heart a little bit. Those are the movies. Those are the ratings. Those are the box office numbers. What seems to be clear so far, just off the data that's in front of us. I does it look like Marvel? Not even going to consider DC in the equation. James Gunn has to pull some magic out of a hat to make that work. Not going to include, you know, Hellboy or any of the standalone stuff like the Batman 2 or Joker 2 or whatever. Can Marvel's cinematic universe reach the heights that it once had? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, probably. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? I, I I think it's just what like we said. Part of the problem was that, but this last few years they had no direction, no big bad they needed to fight. All they got to do is like string a couple of um, films together where they could clearly point at a big bad. Obviously, they might have to rejig some stuff because of things that went down in the casting. Oh, of King other... the Conqueror. Exactly. 
which was a shame because I thought that would have been a great big bad to, to fight against and you could have led threads to that. So I think either they just recast Kang or do something else. If it were me, I would just recast Kang and keep keep going towards that. And then have films where you can see that and the Loki thing as well. You can th- put the threads out there, build up to a big thing. You can do it right if they if if they want to, you know. Well, I think the problem that they've had in like the downturn and over the last few years is because it's got too big and there's too much going on and too much stuff you have to watch to feel like you kind of you know understand everything. So um, I think they're they're at the point now where they need to like hit the reset button. And it feels like the like multiversal saga that they're building towards, uh, like it was supposed to be Secret Wars. I'm not sure if that's still going to be the plan, probably. But like uh, that feels like a good opportunity to just kind of redo everything, like uh, go back to the beginning almost and cast new actors in the roles and start fresh. And I think that will probably be kind of the thing that helps them the most is just a fresh start when people don't have to feel like, oh, I haven't watched this Disney Plus series, so I'm not going to get this movie, so why bother going to watch it? Now, uh, that was a big thing, is that WandaVision was a big driving force into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Did they do a good job of establishing why Scarlet Witch had a heel turn in that movie without having to see WandaVision? kind of mm, i wouldn't say so i think it was more like dependent on your knowledge of that series like yeah. if you if you didn't watch it she basically just shows up straight away well almost straight away as like uh, as a bad guy um yeah yeah i th- I, th- I think if you watched the series you would have understood the gravitas of the whole thing whereas mm. i didn't watch the series and i watched the film and i understood but I didn't, I was like, it did seem a bit like, oh, that's a bit oh, out of nowhere. You know, even if, you know, they do tell you what happened, but you still, without the context of having seen the show, it is a bit kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with, because like you said, you really saw the numbers explode after the first Avengers movie. I think a lot of that did have to go with like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., in particular now you did say that um you did say that the winter soldier falcon show was like the second highest watched disney plus series so there is some interest in those characters still even if it's not chris evans in particular in the role but there's just this part of me that thinks that there was this very big driving force of personality and very big name characters that like, I mean, these other movies, like especially Phase, whatever, post in game, they keep introducing new characters, but like these are not heavy hitter characters. Like mm. Thor, Love and Thunder introduced Hercules, Eternals introduced Black Knight, uh, Eternals also, or no, was it Guardians or whatever that introduced Star Fox? Uh, I think that was Eternals as well. Eternals, yeah, Eternals, yeah, Eternals. introduced Star Fox. Yeah. And Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, that's the one. So it's like they keep introducing new characters, but like they're not heavy hitter characters. And I understand that like not many people really knew Iron Man or Captain America or Thor, but there was a level of recognition with those names. 
Right. I think that's a totally different, uh, totally different thing. Like people yeah. weren't familiar with those characters on the screen, but if you look at the people who still bought Captain America comics as opposed to the people who bought a comic with Star Fox in it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like not even as a main character, just to happen to buy a comic with Star Fox in it. Like that's a big, big difference. And so I think that's part of it. You could see as the Marvel films went on, the star part getting lower and lower because they had already used a lot of their heavy hitters yeah. to that point. So, you know, while it's a good idea to use some of the, the smaller guys in that kind of role, what you need is those big guys to cover that. Like the reason they got away with the guardians of the galaxy was they could pick this obscure team out of nowhere because they had the star power of captain America and iron man and spider-man at the same time to tide it over. And you saw that in your, numbers for the set for the fierce after endgame the guys that did the heavy lifting were spider-man and dr strange the established characters and so once you see too many films with too many characters that people just don't get they're not going to get it and they're going to stop paying attention when there's too many of those films you need that's why you need the deadpool to come out again or you know stuff like this to get people interested you need these bigger names to get people invested fantastic four like yes. obviously they've been building well not building towards it but they've been talking about doing fantastic four i think they announced it like in 2020 or something like that it was a long time ago and we're still waiting for like casting news let alone when it's actually going to come out so but that's one of those big names that they need to get sorted soon to get mm. people interested because people will be interested in the fantastic and a proper in an actual good fantastic four film where the bad guy isn't a cloud. (laughs) That's what people want. Well, John, you just brought up a really, uh, you brought up something that I completely forgot about, which was Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool was very popular. We didn't talk about any of the X-Men movies either, uh, because again, they're not really into the extended universe quite yet. I know that there's some, I know Deadpool is going to be considered part of the extended universe apparently. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to focus on Deadpool because I'm not going to look up all the X-Men movies. Um, Fair enough. I don't want to depress myself even further. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I'm a kid of the 90s, as we all are, and mm-hmm. the the 90s was, like, the X-Men. Yes. So, like, th- that kind of goes back to a point where the Avengers in the 90s looks like what the post-in-game Marvel Cinematic Universe was. So, like, in the 90s, the... Avengers lineup included like Cersei and Black, Black Knight. Knight and Hercules yeah. and Giant yeah. Man and Tigra. And, you know, that was like the the brown leather jacket era of the Avengers where the Avengers were just like a collection of people. Yeah, it's just a bunch of fucking Not necessarily like the heavy hitters. Yeah. Mm. And that's what that's what caused um, when Brian Michael Bendis came in. He did the storyline where Scarlet Witch loses her fucking mind and. The Avengers get disassembled and then you start new Avengers. And that's yep. when he added like Luke Cage and Wolverine to the lineup. Spider-Man was Spider-Man that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So, all right. Deadpool, the first movie, $782 million. Pretty good. Pretty good. Rotten Tomato score, 85%. Pretty good. Deadpool 2, which includes uh, Josh Brolin as Cable, which I really enjoyed. Uh, $785 million, so almost... Within three million of the previous movie, did not lose yep. money. 
Uh, Deadpool 2, 84%. So within one percentage of what it was. So, so far, Deadpool seems to be the most consistent, like, right. character. And a lot even, of that... Even you've got audience. to think as well, this is uh, all the more impressive because both it's Deadpool Fox. movies were rated R movies yes. compared to the uh, all the MCU stuff. So, like, typically speaking, rated R movies don't gross as much because they don't have as big an audience because you can't, you know, take your kids to it. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's really impressive. But also yeah. you take in the, into account a couple of things. Like, number one, I think they kind of missed the boat Comics-wise, there was a point in time where there was like 15 Deadpool comics coming out, mm. and this There's film came now. out like years after that. But then also the fact that they kept delaying the film and, and even like not even going through with it, it took somebody <laughs> to leak the the opening part of the film before Fox were able to greenlight it because they saw the fan reaction to it. So for a long time, it took them, you know, they were dicking around with it anyway, like. They, I feel like they missed the popularity boat of Deadpool, and yet it still was able to, you know, do really well. So um, I think I think a lot of the Deadpool success, though, is absolutely driven by, like, Ryan Reynolds' passion for the character. Mm. And that very famously be started because in a Deadpool comic, somebody asked Deadpool what he looked like without his mask, and he said he looked like Ryan Reynolds, like, mixed, mixed with the Sharpay. Sharpay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And I that that got his attention. He was like, "Well, I got to play this character," and it wasn't also, even his first go with the character because that terrible Wolverine movie they made. Yeah. He played he played Deadpool. Well, here's the thing: have you have you guys seen that film? Yeah. Which one? The the awful Wolverine Wolf film. Wolverine yeah, um, yeah, I think so. You know what the best part of the film is? Which is the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is where Ron Reynolds is Deadpool and he can talk. Yeah. Yes. Like, listen, I I don't want to be that guy, but also, who the fuck thought what we got to do with Deadpool is so his mouth shut? <laughs> what are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I oddly enough, I can see the in-character motivation for why the people experimenting on him did it because his character was a smartass and was yes. constantly running his mouth. Also, so if he if they were gonna make him a subservient like agent for whatever clandestine organization but they didn't want to hear him fucking talk i could see why they would seal his mouth shut right but also this it's is a, a terrible film. decision yeah this is a film people want to watch <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean that that storyline works in a comic yep because then you don't get to hear ron reynolds talking do you remember <laughs> i remember when the images of that scene where he reappears with his mouth sealed shut and he's got baraka arms <laughs> and when that first happened, I thought it was fake. I was like, no, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> Why would they do that? Like, that was yep. a Photoshop. I can tell by the pixels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, it was real. <laughs> it was real. It was, it was uh, damn real. And it was a piece of work, man. It was real. Because I, the, the, that's what, what sucks about that film. If you do watch the first 10, 15 minutes of it, it seems like it's going somewhere. And then it, the, for the next fucking hour and a half, it doesn't. <clears throat> and that's what now, sucks. It had like real potential and they just fucked it up like every step of the way after that. You know what I mean? Watch the first 15 minutes and then just go and do something else. <laughs> well, we were talking about we, we, we mentioned we weren't really going to talk about the X-Men movies, but they had some like they had some really shining moments. Should, I, I thought should, the first. Should we do like a, like an episode about the X-Men films? 
Yeah, yeah, it might work as better as a standalone just because like yeah. there's some shining moments and then there's a lot of moments that aren't. I think there's a lot to talk about just the X-Men films we could do. Mm. Yeah, well, again, we're also children of the 90s, so we're always going to be a little more interested in X-Men than I some mean, of the other yeah, things. I think all three of us are pretty big X-Men fans. I think that's been <laughs> well established on the show. So I guess if, you know, we're we're recording a lot longer than we normally do, but there's just a lot to cover between just, I mean, the first wave was 23 movies, you know? So there's a lot to there's a lot to cover, but if you could like tie a bow on this, what is your main takeaway from kind of going over these movies and what worked, what didn't work, the how much they made, the ratings? Like, what would you say is your closing statement, Dylan? Oh, okay. Number one, don't make another Eternals film. <laughs> Number two, you can see comics wise and film wise who are your heavy hitters heavy hitters like right off the bat you're talking about spider-man iron man captain america even if you're not talking about the x-men or the fantastic four that we don't really have you know the film rights to or haven't come out or whatever gloss over that but you can clearly see who the heavy hitters are and they have an ingrained like fan base already so that's what you oh want to do. You want to have a Spider-Man film come out. You want it to be good. Then you're going to get well, lots of money and lots of ratings. Well, okay. Real, 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 real quick. We won't go too long on this, but there is another series of movies I completely forgot because of the nature of them, which is you mentioned Spider-Man. Yes. Um, when Marvel oh. got the right to start using Spider-Man, it came with the caveat that Sony could still make movies with Spider-Man characters. That's so we're Venom. <laughs> Venom 2, okay. Morbius, um, <laughs> Craven the Hunter, which is coming oh, out next year, Madam yeah. Web, which I think is out this weekend, which is that was, oh boy, when I saw that one, I was fucking surprised. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So, like, you look at the, the DC Extended Universe and you look at that and you're like, yeah, maybe DC's not off too bad. <laughs> well, I think that's the other takeaway is that even if you look at like Marvel's not so good period like after endgame still eclipsed like the whole time that dc have been putting films out that's quite telling less films than dc was putting out yes exactly this this wave of marvel is only 10 and if you think about we didn't talk about it and i'm sure this will be an episode too but if you think about like what we would consider to be the classic batman films you know the michael Keaton's and then the ones from the 90s and stuff a lot of people went to see them Yes. A lot, a lot of people went to see them. A fraction of those people went to see Robert Patterson as Batman. Yeah. What now? Yeah. Is that is that a generational thing, or is that just is that an actor thing? Is it a presentation thing? You know what I mean? I think it's again. I think it, and this is kind of what the argument that's not really been stated so far. I think it's fatigue. Maybe. I think that the market just got flooded. I mean, twenty three movies. In the first, like, no. real big batch, and now we've but, got ten but, more but, and more coming out, and but DC's me, doing a second like launch. When you look at when you look at the big heavy hitters for both groups, the heavy hitters should always be bringing in the people. Batman should always be bringing in people because people love Batman. Spider Man should always be bringing in. Spider Man brought in people whenever those films sucked ass. Like <laughs> yeah. that's just what happened. So Batman should be bringing people in. If if the big guns aren't bringing people in that's when you have to stop and take a look at your product and go what's going on here well and i think that's what dc's looking at just because they're hoping that james gunn can do some of his guardians of the galaxy magic 
and like kind of fix stuff. But again, I think this the kind of the ship has sailed. I mean, like, look at the look at the difference between how much time had to pass between Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin and Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight begin or Batman begins. Hmm. A good period of time. And I think that's what it's gonna take. I think you have to you have to let the you gotta let the soil ferment. Right. Is that even an expression? It fucking is. <laughs> I don't know what I the fuck so. I'm talking about. You gotta let the sourdough starter do what sourdough starter does. I feel like your first one was a way better. <laughs> the sourdough one's not gonna catch on. No, it's not gonna catch on. All right. No. I just for some reason I'm really stuck on fermentation. I don't know why. Can we can we try to get the sour? What was it? You have to let the sourdough do whatever the sourdough do, does. Do whatever sourdough does. Can we get that yeah. one? Can we get that on the t-shirt? Can that be the Mark <laughs> Avengers t-shirt? Yeah, I'll get the. Uh... I'll I'll get the Etsy store started yeah. or the Red Bubble or whatever. We'll, we'll get that sorted. That'll be on our Patreon page, but you have to <laughs> subscribe. We'll have to create a Patreon line. page. <laughs> yeah, we've got like four subscribers. That's good enough, right? Do we have four subscribers? Holy shit! Like, no How many of them are our? How many of them are us? Yeah. Three. <laughs> yeah. All right. Damn. What if What if only two of the subscribers were us? We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> John, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Support the brand. <laughs> so what basically what the last couple of minutes here taught me is that there's so much other shit we could talk about regarding this. I didn't realize how flooded the market was because I forgot about the Sony things and I forgot about Joker and Deadpool and all of the Fox yeah. X-Men movies. Holy hell. I think that uh, I've written I've written some stuff down that we can definitely touch on in the future. Real quick yeah. though, John, what do you think the takeaway is? Because I said yes, my long ass answer, but what do you think the takeaway from all this is? Um, sort of what I touched on before, like uh, yeah, the, the, you can see where it's been sort of oversaturated and people have lost interest and it's too big and too expansive. But like I think um, both Marvel and DC need to hit that reset button. And obviously DC are doing that now with James Gunn coming in and setting up all these uh, like movies and TV shows, which are all going to interconnect and stuff. Um, but I think Marvel will benefit from it massively as well, especially now that they've got all of the heavy hitter characters under the Marvel banner, the like Disney banner, I guess, because they've yeah. got, fantastic four from the start they've got the x-men from the start they've got daredevil they can do like a full-blown marvel universe and like um you know do more interconnecting stories between all the bigger brands rather than having to rely on bringing in like the b teams and the c teams and eternals and all that kind of stuff so yeah i think i think it is in a downturn but like like with everything it will you know probably pretty quickly turn itself around once they get a chance to to start afresh it's fair I, yeah no i think that's i think that's valid i i don't know i'm just maybe because like i said i fell off really early in it and i i can't really explain why i think i saw ant-man and i was like i cannot see any more of these that's fine see maybe that's what i'm saying yeah fucking ant-man yeah well you know if they had started with hank pym and not you know Scott, Scott Lang. <laughs> Scott Lang. I'd have been maybe a little more invested, although I did like Michael Douglas in that role. Yeah. And they had David Dasmalshian in it. I love David Dasmalshian. Put him in. He's fucking Polka Dot Man. Not a great endorsement right there. 
What do you mean? Oh, a lot of people really liked the the James Gunn Suicide Squad. It had a high. It was like ninety percent. This yeah, guy really played good. Polka Dot Man. He is an established actor. You know what I mean? He's Doesn't great, really... though. If you need somebody to play a fucking weirdo, he was in uh, Dark Knight too. He yeah, was the yeah. uh, the Joker henchman that uh, Aaron Eckhart like kidnapped and was uh, interrogating. Yeah, okay. he's 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 liked, great. Um, James Gordon, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, he plays a good creep. He also writes comic books tied all together. I think he is uh, for DC for not DC, but Dark Horse. He writes Count Crowley. Okay. He's a big old nerd, big old goth nerd. Who doesn't love that? Join us next week when we talk about the works of David Dasmalshian in Uh full detail. Yes. (laughs) I'll be totally honest with you. He was great in Dune. Holy shit. He was great in Dune. Um, (laughs) Boy. Anyway. Yeah, I think, like you said, the the thing that I I'm not as optimistic, I guess, as you guys are. I think that there is some just general fatigue. I know that a lot of the established auteur kind of directors have frequently come out and said that they're waiting for this to die off. Scorsese being the most famous about it. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes comic book movie fans aren't as um, understanding, I suppose, of people with varying viewpoints. So like when Martin Scorsese, the man, the myth, the legend says, oh, these things are like, you know, going to an amusement park ride or some bullshit like that. And they get really upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're going to do again to tie things together. A little bit of a a correlation between comic book fans and wrestling fans. You know what I mean? Don't don't like it when other people tell them what to, to think. Yeah, they'll cri- like we'll cri- criticize your own, but don't criticize someone else. <laughs> yeah, don't have don't have an opinion about the thing I like specifically. I'm like other people are allowed opinions, man. Well, that will I think that'll do it for us. Like I said, it's a bit longer, but there's just a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, we're back. We're gonna keep doing stuff by the sound of it. I got a better computer that will uh, hold up to Skype recordings without turning me into a fucking robot or whatever the hell it was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's actually like the twist in like episode seventeen. Yeah, when we get to episode 17. Yeah, Corey yeah, turns into a revealed. robot. I'm yeah. like cyborg. Episode yeah, 17 yeah. of what volume, though? Ah, uh, fuck. Seven, fifth, f- four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to volume four. We're like a Marvel comic series now. They'll announce like, oh, it's a new ongoing. And then like partway through, you realize it's only going to be like a 12-issue series. But then at the end of it, we do another run. But they start at like number 999 and work backwards. In the middle, we just reboot it and turn it into a totally new universe. So, like, none of the yep. numbers make any sense. We'll have the the new 52. Smart yeah. Avengers, the new 52. In yeah. which we will strive for 52 episodes and after six. <laughs> six is pretty good going for us. Yeah, no, six is great. It's been treating us well so far. No, but that's five X-Men plus one more. That's all we got to do. Which we, we we will finish the X-Men series. I know, Dylan, you were also wanting to re, uh, go back over Beast. Want to go back and, and talk about Beast. We'll actually need to watch that episode again just to make sure we don't cover ground we covered previously. No, let's do the exact, let's just repost the same episode, but at the end, <laughs> post like a 15 minute bit where I talk about current beast. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Beast, the director's cut. Yes. Oh, no, what's going to happen? The, gonna have to last the Dylan hours. cut. We still got the yeah. Dylan gut. Yeah. You're like, well, it's got a lot of characterization in it, really. Yeah. Much better cut, you know. This Dylan is much darker and grim- grimmer than the other ones. No, because then we're actually going down the road of New Beast. Oh, see. You know what I mean? think we they're going to, well, that. again, spoilers. I don't want to get too ahead of it because I know John Trade waits. But, uh, well, you know, we should probably end it. We're getting close I, to two I, hours. I reckon John could have <laughs> probably guessed that 
you know, but John could probably guess that we're getting close to two hours. <laughs> well, that and also guess how Beast is going, but we try to be courteous to our our the people who listen to us. We will spoil Ultimatum for you though, because yeah. <laughs> fuck, you don't need to read that. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's been enough. We'll see you guys later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye bye.